catching up with uh, one of the legends of the AFL, a bad man, good man, whatever you like to call him. Uh, welcome, Brownie, to the uh, podcast, mate. The nice. old Rich Life Project. Yeah, I, like, I love it. Rich mate, Life. Uh, you know, everyone's got their rich life, and it uh, doesn't mean you've got to have lots of money either. I know you've got millions, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's been happening, mate? Nah, very little. It's uh, it's it's great to be back to some form of normality, isn't it? After the shit 100%. we went through for the last couple of years, and um, crowds back, and uh, functions happening again, and um, yeah, I'm I'm heavily involved in in the racing side of things, yeah, which yeah. did sort of. S- Keep going through the yeah, pandemic yeah. And, and footy. Yep. So I feel pretty fortunate. And you're on the farm anyway, aren't you? On so, the farm too, which oh, is good. Though, 20 acres out there and uh, the kids ran amok and um, not a not a bad time. I was going to say, that, that would have been a great time to be on a farm. Yeah, it was. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's it? I've got two young kids. One's nearly five and one's a one-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was home, obviously, much more than I usually was. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's there's always silver lining. Got the ch- got the chance to work from home as well as come in. So yep. oh, that's that's pretty blessed. And what um, so going gr- getting back to the the childhood growing up. What what was the biggest thing in regards to child? Obviously, your, your father being Mal Brown. Uh, Mal Brown. Yep. He's he's obviously uh, a legend of the <laughs> Western Australian AFL and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, growing up. Was he a big influence, obviously, to get you into the the AFL side, or how did this all come about? Yeah, I, I grew up. I was born over in Perth. Yep. Um, and normal sort of childhood. Yep. Uh, we moved to Melbourne when I was nine years of age. He got a job at Richmond. Yep. Um, and he was only meant to come over and move the family over for two years. It was during the um, Save Our Skins campaign. Richmond were just about broke. Oh, really? Uh, rattling tins to stay alive. No so way. how how much time has that, changed? That was pretty much like South Sydney in the rugby league yeah, at one yep, stage. Yep. Wow. So uh, he was coming over. He sort of worked as an accountant, you know, yep. in his, his other life. And um, Richmond um, wanted him over to do yep. some um commercial stuff, get sponsors on board and everything. And the plan was to move back to Perth at the end of 1995, so after two years. Yeah, right. And I'd settled into school here. I'd made some friends. I started to play some junior footy and absolutely loved Melbourne. Yeah, right. And um, and so did my sister and and Mal goes, right, I – you know, I've done my done my my bit. my bit for Richmond. Yeah. They're in a pretty good place now. We sacked the board and we've got everything you know where yeah. it needs to be. Let's go back to Perth. And we were like, nah, mate, <laughs> we're staying here in Victoria. Sorry, Dad, if off you, you go, mate. If, if you, you want to go. go back, you can. But we're here, so he was sort of stuck in yeah, Melbourne. Okay, and um, and I played yeah junior footy. He was always a, a massive. You know, wealth of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Support. Yep. Um, but hard but fair. I, yeah, I'd yeah. sort of call him a parent that was never one that if I'd played a shit game, yep. would be like, oh, you better luck next time. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you'll yeah. be better, but unlucky. Yep. You know, that everyone gets a, a participation ribbon these days, right? <laughs> they don't score in junior sport. Yeah, 100%. You've got to congratulate the opposition when they kick a goal, yeah. all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't subscribe to it at all. Yeah. So while at the time- Yeah. You might not like what your, your old man's telling you. Know, you didn't yeah. go hard enough, yeah. and you got to do this, and you know yeah, you didn't no. work. Um, I think it, it it really spurred me on to be a better player. Yeah, yeah definitely. Even definitely. as a youngster. Yeah, yeah. And um and and all the way through my footy career, even yeah. at a professional level, I played for twelve years, two hundred and five games. Yeah. The old man and my mother, uh, he came to two hundred and three of them. So yeah, he missed two really? my whole life. Wow. It was their, it was their social scene as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'd always come, he'd write little notes on the record, say, mate, you look slow off the mark, maybe do some speed. Yeah. You miss some kicks too, yep. you know. Just 
just little coaching things, not yeah, yeah. not forcefully trying yeah. to drive it down my throat, yeah. but you might get a texture in the and week. Because saying, he came from a background of playing AFL and coaching and coaching. Okay, well that's 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 beautiful. Yeah, so never let me rest on my laurels, so to speak. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, and but didn't interfere. Yeah. But you know, hey, how about you do some you know, some marking practice? Yeah, some you, good you coaching some, advice. You know, just little things yeah, like that, 100%. which I reckon you need a bit of a kick. Hundred percent. And there's not many kids that have that opportunity where their father, you know, instead of some fathers you see, get off that, uh, you know, yell, yeah, yell, but. When you got that opportunity where he's played and he's coached, so that's only just you know that's beautiful that he can actually just go okay these are the little written things try and work on this try yeah. and work on that because he's seen it from an outside point of view yeah, exa- too exactly right and uh, I think you know some parents try and live their lives through their kids because they oh, were failed athletes or 100%. whatever so they they go too hard the other way yep. Yep. and almost push them especially through those younger ages to 100%. the point where they don't actually like the sport yeah. they're playing anymore and everything we've dealt with that in in the in the boxing game in the fight game where the father wants to be the child to live their dream yeah and the kid might be eight or nine years of age and the father and we've had a fa- you know ta- giving us messages you know what he wants the fighter to do yeah. or what he wants the kid to do and in the end we're just like mate you gotta go we just can't deal yeah. with that anymore we've got to coach him and you're the one trying to coach him yeah. so it's just not working you gotta let it you gotta let it Work organically, right? 100%. And if they go down that path, fantastic. Yeah. But and as if you, you say, force we, someone. Yeah. And we say to parents, you know, you're there to support them. Money-wise, trip-wise, that's your job. Our job, you bring them to us, yeah. we coach them. Yeah. But obviously when your father's a coach too, it's that's even more of a blessing because you've got all that opportunity. And he was, what, what was, uh, who did he play for back in the day? Uh, so he played over in, in West Australia. West Australia. Um, he played for East Perth, uh, was captain coach at 22 years of age, a couple of premierships, came over to play at Richmond in the year that they won the flag. Oh, um, really? Okay. 1974, but he got uh, suspended. Oh, did- uh, he threw the ball too <laughs> hard back at the umpire. The I think it does, yeah. <laughs> Sort of grew up with a uh, not a great deal of respect for authority, and I think it rubbed off on me. He threw the ball back too hard at the umpire, I believe. It oh, or not. really? Yeah. So he thought he'd taken a mark. Yeah. Umpire called touched, yeah. and he's he's had the ball in his hand. He's wheeled around and like thrown right. it at the, at the umpire. It's bounced off his chest, and he got reported and, and was given three weeks. Oh, really? And missed uh, uh, round twenty-two, the last yeah, yeah. round, semi-final because they back then they didn't have. Qualifying. Oh, yeah, okay. And yeah. then they won into a granny and they won the flag and he missed out. And it was his oh. his one season at Richmond because you needed transfers and everything back okay, then. It yeah, wasn't right. as easy as today that you just sort of go. Wow. He'd been given a 12 month transfer from East Perth to Richmond. Yep. But after that 12 month, he had to return back to East yeah, Perth. Yeah, okay. Even though I think he would have liked to have stayed. Yeah, here yeah, in, definitely. In, but um, back in the day, yeah, no, he, he was in the hall. Of, did he get? Yeah, he's West Australian West hall, of fame. hall of Fame. Yeah, he so won a standover medal. He was runner up on another two occasions, best and fairest. He, he captain coached the All Australian. Uh, he was a captain coach uh, of West Australia. Yep, he was All Australian captain. Wow. Um, back they used to play the carnivals. So the, yeah, 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 the best the premiership team in South Australia would play. Oh, okay. The premiership team from Tassie, West oh, Australia, so like, Victoria, like, like, going around Robin sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, and right. you'd work out because it wasn't a national competition. Yeah, you'd play yeah. against each other and you'd try and work out who was the best, oh, best team right. in the country. Wow. And it'd get quite heated because I was going to say that, that's, West Australians hated the Vicks. State, that's state of origin stuff right there. Pretty much, and that's wow. where, where it was born. So he used to say to me, you know, you get double pay if you hit a Vic, <laughs> and he become great mates with Teddy Whitten, yeah, and, right um, and, and Neil Curley, who's just yeah. passed away, who's oh, a South right Australian, on. and and Mal and, and Neil and Teddy, yep. basically. 
brought State of Origin footy wow. to, together and, and what it was. So yeah. he's pretty passionate about his footy. Loves yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'll, so I do see sort of uh, posts and interviews and and stuff with Mal, and yeah, he's, he's he loves his footy. You can just see that. It's still one of the best interviews. Was oh, yeah, <laughs> when he told that reporter to go and go fuck yeah. The Channel Classic. Seven reporter come in and oh, onto his property and just went, oh, can you uh, make a, a statement? <laughs> he goes, yeah, get fuck off my property, mate. I thought that's. I think that still goes around on YouTube. Yeah, There's millions of fo- uh, millions of views. I think. Yeah, no, nah, he, uh, he he's not backwards in coming for nah, it. No, nah, but that's yeah, it just shows uh, what type of the, that country that country uh, sort of personality, you know, which is good. So two thousand and uh, we go to two thousand and one. You got you got the draft uh, number thirty two. Yep, what what's the what was the whole feeling of that? Like, obviously, you've just started to play, and then they've put you into the draft. Um, yep. And you and your number thirty two, yeah, to, for the Hawks, yep, uh, which is obviously a beloved team you've you've played for for a lot lot of years. Yeah, it was a funny one. Like I suppose I, I break junior footy into two categories. You got your guys that are absolute standouts and stars, and you know from quite an early age, 14, 15, 16, yep. 17, that they're destined for AFL. Yeah, right. they're going to get drafted, and they're yep. just head and shoulders above. Yeah, and then you've got, and that's not many. No, know, no, no, right. Might be twenty, you know, yep. people. Then you've got the rest of of you know, all the junior the crop, players, yeah. the crop. Yep. That have got to work bloody hard. Yeah, you know, they've yeah. got deficiencies in their game. I was always quite small. Yeah. I was um, considered quite slow off yeah, the mark, yeah. and and wasn't a great decision maker. You know, with ball in hand. So, yeah. um, a few knocks there that didn't make me an automatic draft proposition. Yeah. Okay. Um, and had to work on my speed and all these other things and, yep. and you know, train really, really points. hard. Yep. Um, and going into that draft, I was not sure exactly if I'd get drafted, yep. certainly what number. Yeah. And so when Hawthorne read my name out, um, picked oh. 32, uh, in, in what has gone on to become known as the super draft, it's the, the greatest draft of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Is it because you you got picked in that draft? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you can only look at it in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a freakish draft. So like Luke Hodge obviously went one. Yep. Chris Judd, yep. Luke Ball. You got Jimmy Bartell, Dane Swan, David Hale, Sam Mitchell, James Some Kelly, Gary Junior, Stevie Johnson, um, Lee Montagna, Adam Schneider. Yep. Matt, like like from one to about eighty. Yep. It just, just bats all the way wow. through, um, really deep, and um, yeah, getting getting named to Hawthorne was great because I, I wasn't overly keen on moving into state. Yeah, yeah, as a youngster, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Hawthorne was just down the road from me. Beautiful. I, I knew uh, a couple of the guys that had got drafted there. Oh yeah, um, nice. so it just made yeah. life a bit easier. Yeah. So. so once you got once you got picked uh, in that draft, obviously, then you made your uh, debut the next year in two thousand and two. Yep. Um, Jersey number thirty. Any any particular reason the jersey number thirty? Uh, well, I, I wore thirty two in my first year. Yeah, um, and that's just pure coincidence. I was picked thirty two, and they gave they me thirty two. Oh yeah, right. That's that's. And crazy. so my first twelve games, I wore it, and then I was on a Thailand footy trip. Um, and Tony Woods, who was yep. a, a veteran, he played at Fitzroy, gone to Collingwood, yep. and then he came to the Hawks. He was a tough, yep. hard working tagger. Yeah, yeah, but, right. Um, wasn't a superstar, yeah. but he had the respect of yeah, okay. his his players. Yeah. Um, 
he just grabbed me one night. We were on, you know, on a podium in Thailand, yeah. you know, the glow sticks and that, having a great <laughs> I time. Got, I got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 19. Yeah. You know, imagine how innocent oh, I was wow. back in the day. And and he grabbed me. He said, Brandy, um, I know you wore number 32 this year, but would yeah. you? I've just retired. Yeah, right. And um, and would you consider wearing my jumper number 30? I'd love wow. you to, to wear it. I'd, I want to hand it down to you. And, uh, you know, I, I thought for a bit and I thought I had no real – uh, relevance to 32. 32 is just, yeah, it was a good number, but pick me, whatever, yeah. But to have a guy like that um, yeah, sort wow. of say, oh, I want you to wear my number, yep. that was enough for me to say, yeah, mate, you know, I'd be honoured to wear number 30. Wow. Um, Peter Schwab was our coach at the time. Yeah. He, he was a former number 30 at Hawthorne. Oh, really? So that helped wow, us well, yeah, you know, 100%. The, old, the, old, the old coach. When, so. you, when you think, yeah, when you think of the names that have worn it and you think, wow, that's. Yeah, and, and I get that chance. So I changed Especially as a young kid. I changed after my first year to, to jump a number thirty, and now you know it's, 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 it's the number it's, that you it's become. The iconic, right? Yeah, it's iconic history now. It's old Brownie's uh, on the thirty. So what? Uh, obviously, playing. You, you say you weren't the biggest guy, um, but you're known for your aggression and toughness. Um, what what sort of things did you have to work on in regards to getting to that level? As you say, like there's a lot of people with skill that already just go in there, they've got their skill, but you have to work on obviously your toughness and, and probably your aggression comes down the line of the family, your, yeah. your old man being being that way uh, as, you, as you state. But what, what sort of things did you start to work on to better yourself in, in that first year of uh, Hawthorne and then probably the years after that because I think it was year t- 2002 through to t- uh, 2010 was yeah, your career Yeah, I got Hawthorne. to Hawthorne and I was a, I was a mile off them. You know? Yeah, um, okay. I got drafted as, as a midfielder yep. and I quickly worked out just genetically and, and everything. I'm asthmatic and everything yep. that I probably wasn't going to make it Early days yeah, yeah. at Hawthorne as a midfielder. Okay. So, so automatically you're like, right, I'm going to have to try and find a little niche yep. in this team if yep. I ever want to break in. Yep. What is it going to be? Is it going to be in the forward line? Is it going to be in the back line? Yep. And my first game for Hawthorne, so there's there's <laughs> AFL, yeah. then there's VFL. V- VFL, yeah. So yeah. Box Hill. Yep, yep. And then there's the Development League, which is Box Hill 2s, which is kicking the fucking uh, dew off the grass at <laughs> nine in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting, for, the, pe- getting the field prepared. Yeah. For people that are a million miles away, right? <laughs> That's where I started. Really? And wow. I was the only AFL listed player yeah. playing in the development league. Oh, wow. Which is the twos twos. Yeah, it's like yeah, you right. can't get any lower. And um I was a bit embarrassed, yeah, obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. because the rest of the Hawthorne boys are playing at Box Hill. Yep, yep. And here I am running around at nine in the morning and <laughs> thinking, <laughs> the Fuck, like, how far off am I? Yeah, right. Um but you don't sulk. No, you don't no. get upset. No. You, know, you just you just focus on the job at hand. I, yep. I, I wanted to play really well yep. and stick it up them. You yeah, know, and yeah, just 100%. say, hey, I don't just belong. Wrong. I don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I played okay, and I got elevated to the VFL. Yep. I played two games. Ended up uh, getting reported for for two weeks and suspended <laughs> for ch- charging David Teak. Oh right! He come back with a flight, and I tried to fucking poleaxe him. Yeah, yeah. And he's right. as tough as Teak, yeah. right? So he's he's bounced back to his feet, and I've got dragged and started a melee. And <laughs> got two weeks, and I was like, oh, this is not ideal. That, that, that's where it all started from, is it? And then yeah, and all then and then they were going to put me back in the the, the development league again oh, because right, I yeah. sort of you know in, indiscretion. And yep, yep. Thank God they didn't. And I played two more VFL games. Yep. And then the senior side had lost a couple in a row, the AFL Hawks. Oh, okay. They'd lost a few in a row and some of the senior guys had played poorly. Yep. And Schwabby just called me out of the blue on a Thursday. Oh, wow. And said, mate, you're coming to Adelaide. You're, you're debuting this week. Oh, wow. And I, I 
Like, there's no way I deserved the game. Yeah, yeah, Because I, yeah. I played, like, four games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. With a two-week suspension. But um, – he wanted to make a statement to some of the senior guys and say, yeah. hey, if you're not playing well, there's gonna, kids here that will play. 100% pull them up. And, and the, funny, the funny thing is, Rich, is from that day, which was round 11, 2002, yep. I never played another game of VFL in the rest of my life. I never yeah, yeah right. So I saw that opportunity. I was like, it's my position now. 100%. And I'll do whatever it takes. Yep to make sure that I play well for the team yep. to win and I never go back to, yeah, to be yeah. embarrassed by playing 100%. Box Hill and But that, that's that's just driving itself, isn't it? And what did you when you went back into uh the the major leagues as you can say, um, the the centre half back is that the position you went into and stayed at, or by accident? Yeah, yeah. yeah. because um, it's not it's not um, it's not for shorter short asses, <laughs> midgets like me, midgets. God knows, no. But uh, it's more for the like the taller guys, isn't it? Yeah, it was almost by accident. I'd, I'd, my first two or three years, I'd bounce between forward and back okay. and forward and yep. back. And and the good thing was that the, the coaches knew if they gave me a role, yep. I'd I'd play it for the team. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But so you got picked every week. Yep. But it, it, it's you almost felt like, okay, how am I ever going to get the best out of myself if I'm never quite sure? Yeah, you're just here, there, if, and you're yeah, I'm here, there, and everywhere. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm filling holes. I'm plugging yep. holes. Which is great for versatility, but yeah, yeah. not great for development, no, right? That's right. And so Clarko got the job. Yep. Um, and he he saw me as a defender. Yep. That was playing on um, sort of medium to small forwards. You're you're Eddie Betzers to you yeah, know yeah yeah. And uh, then in two thousand and seven. Um, for whatever reason, I got no idea because yep. I've been playing on Paul Medhurst and like yeah, guys yeah. that were good players, yeah, but yeah. but weren't tall. Yeah. Um, Scotty Lucas was leading the Coleman medal after about four weeks. Right? Yeah, he kicked right. 27 goals. He was on fire. Jeez. And he was the centre forward for Essendon. Yep. And I got a text message out of the blue from Clark on the Tuesday or Wednesday. And he said, um, Scotty Lucas, how would you feel like playing on Scotty Lucas? Yep. And I got the text. I went, oh, hey, mate, I think uh, you got the wrong, I think you I sent it to the wrong, wrong guy. You, you meant to send this to Trent Crode or one yeah, of them, yeah. right? And he goes, nah, mate, would Man, you? Yeah. what would you like? You know, you, the challenge to play on Scotty Lucas. And I naturally went, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, sweet. I played on him. Yep. And we won and it went really well. Yep. And then the next week, uh, Pavlich. Yeah, right. So yeah. I went to Perth and played on Pav. And yeah. again, like had a lot of support from yeah, my teammates, yeah, but yeah. got the job done. And then it just evolved to Rewalt, um, Ash Hansen, yeah. like all these massive guys. And, yeah. Um, just had a year out of, out of the box, say, yeah, really. I was say, that would have been just a year of just a whirlwind year, wouldn't it? Just it was you great. go from that, you 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 know, you're obviously doing well, you're getting the big names, yeah, and everything was going well. Yeah, wow. it was a great year because I had a, a completely injury free year. Yeah, right. So, and then each week, I was going into a game like legitimately saying, like, if I can beat my opponent, yep, we've. We'll, we'll win the game. We'll win the game. That was my mentality. Yeah, yeah, these centre forwards were so good. Yes, we yep. needed some other players to play well. Yeah, but it was great to be given that level of responsibility. Oh, definitely. definitely. And um, and that was the I mean, that was the best year of my AFL career by a mile. Yeah, I, I was right. all Australian. Yeah, I came second in the best and fairest, and um, it just sort of evolved and didn't last long because. Yep. The AFL brought in a few rule changes, like oh, yeah. chopping of the arms. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Um, which, for a small guy that loved to chop, chop the, arms, the arms, that sort of made me a little bit yeah. redundant as a key I suppose, defender. I suppose both codes, like AFL and NRL, they're all bringing these changes in, and obviously it's not going to 
sort of uh, suit a lot of different players, but some it does. Yeah, you just have to evolve. Yeah. And I like the rule change. Like, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, because yeah. it's if we want probably just safety and just moving yeah, forward. Yeah, we want go- we want players to kick goals and That's stuff. Right, and yeah. and like like you look back now and you go like of course chopping the arms is illegal right <laughs> but back then it wasn't no that's right that's same right. with the rushing of the behinds yeah yeah you know cuz we did that a lot at Hawthorne we just rush it rush it behind yeah right um deliberate out of bounds yeah. all these rules have been yeah, brought I see, in yeah I, I do see that when I attend the games these days and when someone kicks it out and then you know they go no that's out on purpose and then all the crowd goes crazy yeah. and those yeah I didn't uh, I didn't sort of see all those rule changes back in the day when they come in but yeah. you can definitely see and they've helped they yeah, have yeah, helped yeah, yeah, um, for, for the spectacle so yeah um I it made life a bit more difficult for me because I yeah. wasn't a great decision maker yeah yeah Rush behind was perfect, yeah, right? Yeah, Because then you just give the ball to Hodgie or a good kick. That's right. And then chopping the arms, obviously, because <laughs> I'm 177 centimetres. I'm playing on guys 195. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it quickly, it quickly sort of meant, okay, we probably can't play you on the big guys anymore. Yeah, You're right. You're going to have to go back to your role as, as a, a small defender. Yep. Um, and, then, and then I ended up sort of going to become a, a forward because yeah. – uh, they yeah, couldn't play me on the smalls anymore either. <laughs> no, but the the mindset going into those, obviously you're young, you're in, in these games, you're competing with the, the big boys. And as you say, the mindset each each week to go out and play, because obviously I've got uh, good friends like who's just come to North Melbourne, Huey Greenwood. Yeah. Um, so he was playing at the Suns and the Crows and a few others. but And he come from basketball background. But just the, the mindset – with the AFL guys, you know, it's probably no different to any other athlete when they're going into their sport. You know, you're like, you're very confident in your ability. You're getting opportunities to do that. So you've got to prove them. And as you say, probably that one where you're wiping the dew yeah. uh, in the before games, that was your sort of mentality and, and frame of mind to go, I'm never going back to that spot again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, I, I would never be arrogant. No. Nah. But I had an internal belief that, okay, like I'm going to do everything possible yep. to to beat my opponent, to play well, yep. and for us to win the game of footy. Like oh, I'm a really competitive guy yep. and I absolutely love the challenge week to week of yep. getting the best, better of my opponent. Yep. Um, and, and for me, it wasn't about getting 25 touches yeah, because yeah. I was a guy that was a negating defender that basically all I needed to do was stop you. Yeah, yeah. So if I end up yeah. with 10 touches, yeah. but you kicked you know, zero goals and had seven, yeah. mate, that's great. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it, so it took the um, – it sort of made life as quite simple as a yeah, footballer. Yeah. Yep. Some guys need to get 25 touches. yeah. To play well each yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, all I need to do is beat my opponent. That's and right. Clarko was very good like that. Yeah, yeah. He broke us into guys that were rebounding defenders. Yeah, okay. That, you know, you wanted to get the ball in the hands of, and then yeah. guys that just negating to stop your opponent. Yeah. And we'll judge you on that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, like, we we as a collective group had a really competitive group of guys. Yeah. And- your first season or two, yep. you, you, you're happy and content just playing each yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. Because you're right. 18, 19, 18, yeah, and like, crowd, this is your dream. This is incredible, yeah. But then once you become an established player, yeah, then you then take more ownership yeah, of the group. I was going to say, ownership, responsibility comes on top of the shoulders. And we wanted, we wanted them to be successful. Yeah. So our, then, our goal then was, hey, like, yeah, we're playing each week. We want to play finals for yeah, the first yeah. time. That took us about six years. Yeah, true. Um, and then 
we played a final, we tasted victory yeah. against Adelaide in 07, yeah, yeah. Buddy kicked seven goals. Yep, yep. And then the very next week we got bundled out in a yeah, semi-final, yeah. right? And we're like, fuck. Like now yep. we're in that stage where making finals is not good enough fulfilling now. us. Yep. We want to win a premiership. Yeah, you know? And 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 that that's the progression. Yep. But we had guys that were driving that internally, good leaders, yep. really competitive guys. That, well, the premiership, what was that, 2008? Eight, yeah, right. Against the Cats. And they were the best team in the comp by an absolute mile. Yeah, right. We, we you know. They play pretty poorly on the day. Yeah. And we took our chances and, and we we and we won a game that you would never win. Ninety nine yeah. times out of a hundred, you'd how, lose. How many that times game. you see that, but oh, these guys have been beaten all year by this team. Correct. And come grand final time, they they produce their best game ever. Yeah. And and now so you can never take that back, right? 100%. So we, we win a flag and we're yep. content. And then the wheels fell off a little bit in 09 and 2010 yeah. before the next year of, of yeah, Hawthorne, yeah. which was pretty special. Do you, do you get to the point where, especially when you, because I see uh, uh, young fellas like Bailey Smith now, um, they've won the grand final and then, you know, it's sort of, as you say, the wheels fall off. And I suppose like any any sport, uh, a boxer, Ruiz, for instance, won it off Joshua. You know, he becomes the biggest celebrity in the world, just won all the belts. Then they seem to just go, you know what, that was crazy. And now they get all the money, they get the party, and, and it all goes downhill. Is that is that probably a, a genuine thing that, that sort of happens, especially AFL? I mean, I know rugby league and, and boxing and all that, sometimes a good majority of that does. Yeah, I suppose it's it's up to the individual on how much yeah. it still means to you, right? Yeah. Because you've got this goal for your whole life of wanting to win a premiership. 100%. And then when you do that, you achieve it. Are you still as hungry yeah. the next season to, to win another or yeah. are you content now? Yeah. Which you only need to be, you know, 1% off yep. and you don't go for that run on Christmas morning. That's right, that's right. You yeah. don't do the extra weight session, right? Yep. And then they're not big, big things, things no. because you're still training hard. That's right, that's right. You're still right. eating well yeah, and yeah. everything, but you're not, not quite doing, doing it to the manic level yep. that you were. yeah. Before you were that champion, yep. and and that only the person can that's right. answer that. And, and that's, but if you've got a team, yeah, that's, and there's fifteen of the twenty two not doing that it. are thinking about that, yeah, well, it's going to be very hard to, yeah. to sustain success. That's right. And that's why one of the the reasons. I mean, you and I both love Las Vegas more yeah, than yeah. any other place on earth. I, I, I don't, you don't, know, I, don't yeah. I love it, right? Um, I can't fathom for the life of me a guy like Floyd Mayweather that yep. lives there. Yep. And um, Andre Agassi lived yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Think of all the temptations oh, and the fun I mean. you have and gambling and hotels and pool 100%. parties. The fact that they were able to live there and be compartmentalise focused. it enough yep. that they would still train and go on and be 100%. unbelievable. And Floyd's never lost a fight in his whole life. No, no. While going to strip clubs and all that. 100%. Unfathomable to me. You it, know? it isn't, but it just it probably shows you the level of commitment. Uh, commitment these guys were at, and as you say, living in Las Vegas, there's so many temptations at night through the ah. day. Probably not so many because everyone's sleeping yeah. from the night. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, there's so many temptations, and you have some of the great sportsmen. But when when all their life is just sport, boxing, tennis, whatever it may be, they don't know anything else. And that might be a factor where there's just those special ones that just like just a stay. manic obsession to <laughs> their yeah, craft. It's like a, they've got the money, they've got the fame, yeah. but they haven't fallen into the trap of 
cutting corners. That's right. That's right. They just have, they have that thing where it's this is my life. I don't know anything else, and they go along until they retire, and then they go, oh, this is what life's yeah, all about. Yeah. Wow. And and obviously they find their their downfalls because obviously a lot of sportsmen they get to that stage where they get to that stage and they go, oh, you know, I've gone to alcohol, I've gone to drugs, gone whatever, and fall off the off the thing. I suppose that's because like AFL, NRL, uh, some fighting. Um, they don't really have a plan. There's not too many people who teach you the plan after your sport. Yeah. Is there? There's just like once you finish your sport, and some people sit there in a room and go, "There's no cheering crowds anymore." Yeah, well, that's it. You're what? chasing a high that you can never get back, right? Yeah. Because and then then the depression, and then the anxiety, and then yeah, I don't know. It's a, sometimes a double edged sword, you know, with the the ones who aren't that fanatical about their goals in life as in sports people, they can easily fall into that downside of, I mean. No, not, it can. Yeah. yeah you can. It can, um, be, can be frightening. And, and that, that sort of was one of the reasons why I loved footy as much as anyone, but I sort of in the back of my mind, you, you know, oh, you can't play forever. No, no. You know, you're fortunate if you play to 30. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, true. But after that, there's, you've got a whole life ahead of you that yep. – uh, I, I don't want to just be sort of looked upon as, oh, oh that, you know, that, that bloke was a football and that's all he was. Yeah, 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 definitely. So definitely. post-footy, I yeah. made a conscious effort where I went, okay, well, I don't have a lot on during the day. I, yeah. I didn't want to party and yeah, yeah. gamble and all that. So that's one of the main reasons I decided I wanted to train for the English Channel. Yeah. Now, yeah. whether I, I got there or not, yeah. you know, I obviously wanted to get across. Yeah. But the 18-month build-up yep. of training and yep. giving me goals to focus on and yep. waking up and having a session I had to do, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was as as good for me yep. in my transition away from footy yep. into life well, it, it as gives, anything. It gives you those goals again. Yeah, it, it gives, gives you those, goals. Something it gives to, you something to motivate you and get you up in the morning and keeps the head and the body healthy. Correct. Really you know? important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I've, I've sort of every couple of years, I, you know, after that – Yeah. You got a bit, I got a bit lazy, right? So where, where did the English Channel when you uh, went? You done the preparation for that? And yep. where, where did we get to in that? Yeah, so it was an eighteen month build up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I trained, you know, out in the bay, freezing yeah. cold. I had to put on um, a lot of weight. I played at eighty five kilos. Oh yeah, right. My skin folds were thirty five. Like yeah, they okay. were as low as you could get. Yeah, right. And then my swimming coach said. Um, you're too skinny. You, you won't get across weight. the English channel. You get hypothermia. Oh, so wow. you need to try and put as much fat on as you can and preferably get to 100 kilos of fat. Wow. Because just the, the weight insulates your organs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And fat is buoyant, right? Yeah, 100%. M- muscle sinks. Sinks, yeah. Fat is buoyant. Yeah, so right. um, just eat as much as you can, get fat. I'm thinking, I'm oh, fucking how good is this? Right? Like all my <laughs> life I've watched what I've eaten. I've 100%. Cut, I've cut the fat off steak. I've, yeah. Right? You get your skin folds done. Yeah. And here I've got my swimming coach saying, get fat. So I didn't know how to. So I rang yeah. Billy Brownless. I yeah, said, mate, right. can you be my dietitian? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it was it was great build up. And, and I didn't get across because we got hit by terrible weather. Yeah. Uh, how far in did you get? So I got halfway in six hours and yeah. was traveling really well. Wow. And then- um, the, the weather picked up and the wind and it, yeah. it become quite treacherous out there and I was still swimming yeah. and thought I was going really well. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking in my head, spot, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> in my head, you know, one arm in front of the other yeah. and uh, yeah, I, m- I might now take 
18 hours instead of 14 because yeah, of yeah, the weather. Yeah. But I'm still going forward. Yeah. And then the boat captain blew a whistle at the nine hour and 25 minute mark. Yeah. His name was Reg Bricknell. And I stopped swimming. I looked up and he said, Campbell, uh, we're abandoning the swim. Jump in. I said, fuck you, mate. I'm not abandoning anything, mate. I'll see you in France. <laughs> and he, and he, he got this smirk, yeah. which infuriated me, mate. Yeah. You can imagine me. I'm in the water. I'm treading water. I'm <laughs> looking up at this guy. And uh, I said, what are you smiling at? he goes, well, we didn't have the heart to tell you, but um, you won't see us in France because you've been swimming on the same spot for the last three hours and 25 minutes, mate. In fact, you're getting pushed backwards, <laughs> jump in the boat because we've got to head back to Dover, right? And then all the fight just oh, sort of left that... me. I got back on the boat and I was I was flat because that was that was my English channel at 10, yeah. right? But, um, oh, that, good, that's good like taking the air oh, the Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So I reckon I got about <sighs> – I reckon I got about sort of 28 Ks of of yeah. 40-ish, 40, yeah, yeah. 40. So I was over halfway, but. Oh, man. Good, good fun. Mate. Yeah, good fun. yeah, definitely uh, getting into that. So you played the, the centre half back. Now we go international rules series. What's the, in regards to that, like it's a. Yeah, the, so the Gaelic uh, footy over oh, in okay. Ireland. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. And, and which is. Similar-ish to Australian. They yep. obviously have the round ball and, yep. and, and different scoring system, but yep. um, they they played the they pick an Australian side. That's right, yeah, yeah. And an Irish side. Yep. And we alternate, you know, every second year we go over to yep. play in Ireland. Yep. Which was an unbelievable experience. I was going to say, yeah. Kevin Sheedy was our coach. Oh, beautiful. He's, what a top dude that he was. Great guy. He got, and he took me over there in, in um, 06. Yep. And... Uh, Dustin Fletcher was our goalie. We had Michael Voss. We had Barry Hall. Oh, like wow. we had some legends, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, and I played over there, and it got quite willing. Yeah. You know, the Irish, uh, they're very parochial. Oh, yeah. There's eighty thousand at Croke Park, oh, really, you know, banging on drums, and like it was unbelievable they're atmosphere. Pheno- they're phenomenal, aren't they? They're just they're out of this world. There's no yeah. other crowds like them. I don't think they're, they're so passionate. Yeah. But the, the the tiny difference in the way. Things are so in in our game. Yep. If someone's bending over to pick up the ball or runs past, yep. Australians we never kick. Yeah. You right. don't kick someone. Yeah. Right? No. No. That's right. Yeah. So, so they had no problem kicking us. Yeah. Because over there it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Right? You true. Know, you kick yeah. Both. And and for them, yeah, they might they thinking you, you never ever punch someone. Yeah. Right. right. On, yeah. on the sporting yeah, field. Yeah. So with with us yeah. Aussies. We, we're happy to do Have that. Have a bit of a crack. So I reckon it was just like a different mentality and yeah, what was yeah. dirty and what's not. Yeah. Because they're kicking us and yeah. we're saying, mate, you fucking mate, being dirty. dirty. yeah. And we would turn around and, and belt them. them. And they're going, oh, this is a disgrace. You can't be striking players on the field and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And, and we're saying, well, he just kicked me. Yeah. So of course <laughs> I'm going to hit him, right? So there was this different mentality yeah, right. of what was what. And it caused oh, unbelievable I, I commotion yeah, right. to the point where – um. We got to quarter time in, in the Croke Park game yep. and the Irish team and their captain and their coach dragged the side off the pitch. Yep. Said, mate, we're not playing. Really? When, we're not coming out and playing, you guys. You're violent. Right? Wow. And then the, you know, Nicky Brennan, the GAA yep. uh, president, got, yeah, got involved yeah. and talking, talking, talking. They came back out and played and we, we bashed them, right? Wow. Won the series yeah. and they called it off. Wow. They refused to come to Australia. Is that, is that, I was wondering why it hasn't never been played like that international stuff anymore. It did come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then 
a, a few years later, I played again, this time in Australia. Yeah. And I had to square up with a couple of the Irish who fucking kicked the shit out of me over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember the game in Subiaco. So I oh, uh, wow. went over to Perth to play and yeah. halfway through the last quarter, um, I, I, I just put a bump on, yeah. which would be considered in our game legal. All right. It was the perfect shot, right? Yeah. Knocked this bloke out, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got carded. They sent me off, oh. and thirty thousand people at Subi were cheering and everything. And um, after that, like pretty much the series was dead. Gone, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's crazy, eh? Yeah, because I've always thought I've never seen that again. Like over the it few died years. a slow death. Yeah. Uh, they had a few more. I think they sent an indigenous team to yep. to Ireland, but it was more a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, okay. We got, we got pummeled. Yeah, um, but it was it was great. Bonding to meet yeah, other yeah, players. Yeah. Yep. Great to get on the piss in Ireland, which is a great country. Yep. Um, and I I look back on my, my Australian jumper. Yeah, yeah. You know, with 100%. absolute pride. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, it was just it having was that a, opportunity. Yeah, di- uh, a totally different bit thing, fun, isn't it? Bit of fun. So when you go into uh, 2007, obviously you, you held your position there. 2007 starts all the, you know, you got fined for misleading information. <laughs> What was that, Judd? <laughs> Juddy, I gouged Judd, me. Yeah, yeah. And then you went into the judiciary said, no, nah, it wasn't around my eye or whatever. And that, but they still they still find you fifteen thousand for misleading information. Yeah, Juddy was was the best player in the game. Yeah, uh, he was leading the 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 Brownlow Medal. Yeah, um, okay, oh, market, okay, market. Yeah, yeah, right. And we played West Coast down in Tassie, and there's no doubt, like he had his hand in my eye, sort yeah. of nearly detached my retina. Yeah. Um, and he got reported on the spot. Yeah, right. Uh, got a week. Yep. Challenged the week. Yep. Which means he went to the tribunal, and they yeah, called yep. me and said, Camber, you need to come in and give evidence. Yeah. And I said, like, I finally got a Monday off where I'm not the yeah. one reported, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'll give evidence, but I'm not coming in. Yeah. Like, so I gave this great evidence about how, you know, it was nowhere near my eye. Yeah. Yes, the hand was on, yeah. you know, the face, but it, yeah. it, and I got him off, yeah, right. Right? which was great. So yeah. he continued on with his uh, Brownlow medal yeah, sort of yeah. tally. Yeah, and it was the right thing to do. But then I went on the couch with Mike Sheehan and, and Robert Walls and that okay. a few weeks later. Yeah. And Mike, being the, the good journo of his, yeah, yeah. he said, oh, Campbell, you know, um, you tell a fib at the tribunal to help get Chris <laughs> Judd off. And I yeah. go, yeah, of course I did. Like, why would you want to? Get a player oh, rubbed out. Yeah, I, right. No one wanted to see him not play, so, so for, I, I lied. So for them to not look like fools in letting him off, they've gone, mate, you're going to cop a fine. I brought the game into disrepute yeah, okay. and I copped a $15,000 fine. And, but but uh, the AFL wanted me to apologise. Yeah, to, yeah. And I, okay. re- I refused to apologise because I still to this day don't believe I did anything wrong. Yeah, if anything, yeah. I, I upheld the, the player code. 100%. Got to yeah. look after each other. But, but obviously the tribunal and the AFL are oh, two different. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, right that would have been filthy. Just but hey. Especially when you say that. I on, sent on Juddy the, an invoice. I'm still waiting his... for him to pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. So you win the premiership 2008. 2009, there's some obviously rumours that they're allegedly going to trade you. Um how did that make you feel? Was that one of like the down times after you spending so many so many years at at Hawthorne? Yeah, I'm a pretty pragmatic guy, and, yeah. and I absolutely love the club. Um, and, and never in my wildest dreams did I, did I consider leaving it at the time. Yeah, like the, probably the, the weird part about it was like I, I was all Australian in 07. Yeah, we win a flag in 08, and I had a really good year. And next I played minute. 21 of 22 games in 19, the 2009 yep. and didn't have a bad year. I certainly didn't have a, a great year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still top 10 in the BNF. Yeah. And 
no one at the club had a good year. Yeah. So I went into that off season, you know, thinking, well, I'm definitely not on the trading table. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but but Clarko was was under a bit of pressure. Yeah. You know right. because. We'd fallen off a cliff, yeah, you know, yep. and um, he was desperate to get Sean Burgoyne. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a superstar yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and so there needed to be Some sort something, of give. something, yeah. you know, and, and he was adamant that they wanted Sean for his class, yeah, and his, yep. you know. Um, and after Port Adelaide and Hawthorne have sort of had a, a few options. Yep, yep. And they've been knocked on the head. Yep. Um, Port Adelaide sort of go, well, hang on a second. You're the one that wants to trade. Yeah. We've put forward a couple of guys like um, Ryan Schoenmakers. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. said no. Yeah. Jordan Lewis, he said no. Yeah. Um, who can we get? Yeah. And my name got brought up. Yeah. And I think the club went, you know, oh, okay. Yeah, Campbell's that- contracted to, to Hawthorne next year, but if you convince him to leave. Yeah. Then the the, yeah. the deal is done. Yeah, right. Uh, which caught me completely off guard. I was going to say that that'd be a bit disheartening when you when you talk about. I wasn't angry. No, no, but you're a bit disheartened in regards to well the loyalty you showed to the team. Yeah, it was just a bit of a wake up call. Like, okay, like I'd this never in my business. my first seven or eight years at Hawthorne considered it to be a business because yeah. it was just a it was a, a, like I loved family, it. Family, like, yeah. Uh, and we'd had success and we built this club from the wooden spoon to a premiership and I was a part of that. Yeah. And then this happened and I, and I remember ringing Mark Evans, who's a football um, manager, yep. uh, operations manager, uh, and I said to him, oh, Dougie, we called him, was his name. I said, Dougie, um, uh, am I a required player at Hawthorne next year? And he said, oh, you're a contracted player. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but that's not the fucking question I just yeah, asked. Am right. I a required player? Yeah. And again, he said, mate, you're a contracted player. Uh, we're not. We won't force you to leave. Yep. But but take a call from them and yep. and, and and see what they have to say. Yeah. Right. And then it's up to you. So yeah. I I definitely got the the yeah, wind. The idea of okay, that, well, I'm not wanted. Well, not that I wasn't wanted. I I believed I was wanted, but yep. but if they if they could get the trade done, they, they wanted. They would yeah. have been happy with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I very very politely said to Port Adelaide and yep. Mark Williams rang me from San Francisco was the coach. Yep. Gave me this big spiel, yeah, and then I started to get text messages from all their senior players, yeah, their right. captain Dom Cassisi, yep. Chad Corns, Dean Brogan, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Mate, we'd love you at the club. You'd yeah, be perfect right. fit. And I just, I very politely said, "Thank you so much for the interest." Yeah, cause, yeah, because that's, that's yeah, hundred percent. Nice. But I'm happy to stay at Hawthorne. Yeah, uh, and then I was like, okay, uh, now. Now it's business. Now it's business. Now, and you know, I'm coming towards the back end of my yeah, career. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll see how it pans out. Yep. But if there's a really good offer on the table going forward, yeah, yeah, I, I might consider yeah. it when only. So, so Hawthorne off give you another contract offer. Yep. And at that time you went nah, and yep. obviously left to go to the Suns. Yep. Yeah, so I played case. 2010 out because my yep. contract um, was – and I could just – we had another pretty ordinary year. Yeah, okay. Um, so we, we won the flag in 08 as the yep. second youngest side and everyone was anticipating this this big era. Era that's coming. And we missed the finals in 09 and we started off 2010 one and six, so yeah, like really okay. bad. Yep. And we fought our way back to yeah. play finals, but we got bundled out first week of the finals. Yeah. And Clarko – was under pressure. Yeah. Jeff Kennett was making these bold statements uh, yeah, in the press. Right. Um, and my role within the side had sort of really diminished a yeah, bit. We yeah. had some really good young kids coming through the ranks yep. who became household names. Yeah. Bruce, 
yep. Suckling, Jaray, yep. Stratton, um, you know, guys that are triple premiership yeah, players yeah, now yeah, at the Hawks, yeah, right? They were 18, 19, hadn't played yet. Yeah, okay. And here I am, I'm sort of, am I a forward? Am I yeah, a back? Yeah, yeah, in two minds. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was nearly traded last year. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm still in Hawthorne's best 22 at the moment. Yep. But how, how long, long for? for? Yeah, yeah. And so the Gold Coast made this offer, which uh, was a great offer. Yep. I mean, money aside, yep. it was it was like, okay, you're going to come up here. Yep. Um, and we'll give you a three-year deal. Senior You'll be a senior, senior player. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why if you're not playing good footy, yep. you can't get a fourth or a fifth year out. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Hawthorne said, we'll give you a two-year deal. Yep. And Clark had always been really upfront and honest. Yep. And he said, Brownie, you're still in our best 22, but yep. I can't guarantee that you will be by the middle of next year. Yeah, yeah. So in my head, yeah. I'm going, three-year deal 100%. at the Gold Coast with a fourth or a fifth. Yep. Or 12 to 18 months at Hawthorne, and yeah. then tap on the shoulder, thanks for your service. Yeah. I'd be retired at 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah, that's fair enough. So it was pretty, and everyone, everyone immediately goes, oh, you're left for the money, right? Yeah. I've never said the money wasn't better. No, no, no. But, but that doesn't but rule behind, my behind world. But behind the scenes, it's very hard to know, especially when you're just looking at what the media tells. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. longevity for me was yeah. everything. I, I'd won my flag. I was 27. Yeah. Um, this was my last con- contract, really. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I've done nothing. You know, I, yeah. I do nothing for for money. Yeah, yeah. But um, the money was way better. Yeah. But um, I reckon if Hawthorne had offered me a three year deal and the Gold Coast had offered me a three year deal, that's right. I would have stayed at Hawthorne. Probably stayed at right? Hawthorne. Yeah. Because definitely. it's just all about longevity. Yeah, hundred percent. And the one club as well. Yeah. But but, mate, I made the move, and yeah, um, and I think that's that's where we sort of cross paths. Yep. I think, and that was because uh, we were with uh, Jeff Fennick and the crew over in in uh, LA. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, there wasn't that a lunch. <laughs> How can we forget that? Oh my god. But that's where I think I met you and Nathan Bock. Yeah. Uh, my brother Rob. We were all sort of with Jeff, and we we're in LA for oh, the uh, Playboy the Mansion Playboy party. Mansion yeah. party. Hugh RIP, mate. Oh, good, Huey. Good times. Huey. That was a great party. That. The, the joint's empty now. I know, I know. What's something uh, they said they were going to try and sell it, sell it off or something? The mansion. Wow. Few, there'll be a few ghosts there, mate. Oh <laughs> damn! Stories in, in amongst that. So you started, uh, you started with the Gold Coast in 2011, and um, basically from there, I was in a senior role. What obviously making the move? You're out of Hawthorne and you make the move to the Gold Coast. When I, obviously I was Sunshine Coast yep. even back then. So we come down and watch you a yep. couple of games, and uh, you se- it seemed like you know it was a good sort of fit for what sort of went on with uh, the backside of Hawthorne yep. to go up to Gold Coast and go. You know, this is a, and Gold Coast. Who doesn't want to live on the Gold yeah, Coast, and yeah. especially when you get a good job, good pay? What was uh, what was that like in the senior role there? What was the team environment? What was the whole sort of because they're only new team? Yeah, brand spanking new team, and and um, it was exciting. Yeah. Like that first year, yeah. End of two thousand and ten, the first preseason, and then two thousand and eleven, the first yeah. season. It was really exciting because yep. you're a new franchise, so everything was new. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the first draft where you get all these good yeah, young kids, yeah. the, the first preseason game yep. where we put on our jumpers yeah, for the first proper yeah, time yeah. and we, we beat the Sydney Swans at yeah, Blacktown. Yeah, right. The first game, the, the opening of Metricon Stadium, yep. the first win, like it was a, it was yeah. a really exciting time. Yeah. Um, because there was so much optimism around. That's right, that's right. And oh, excitement, I suppose, for the AFL game to be yeah. in the Gold Coast because you probably um, got AFL supporters up there loving it. But, but they that can't. quickly wore off. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, and and as a senior guy, I knew it'd be difficult because yeah. I know how hard the game is. Right. Yeah. You know, when you've got 
22 experienced senior guys yeah, playing yeah. footy, yep. it's hard. Yep. Let alone when you've got uh, you're running out on a field with 15, 16 guys that have, have played one, two, two three, three games. games. Right? Yeah, yeah, they different. just can't maintain. No. Uh, the level of intensity required for long enough. Yeah, yeah. You trying. can try all you want. Yeah, right? yeah. But they just haven't got that two maturity quarters, yet. Two and a half quarters. Yeah. And then sides would beat us by 10 goals and you go, fuck, how did that happen? Like, yeah. We, were, we played okay for a half, right? Yeah. Um, and I was, because I was so competitive, I was yeah. starting to get a bit frustrated yeah, because bet, you're trying to do too much. Everything could yeah, be the whole team yeah. in general. And we had Gary Ablett in the middle that was dominating. Yeah. Michael Riscatelli, Nathan Bock, me. Jared Brennan. There was only yep. five or six of us that were out there playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the others and, were just sort of coming along on the coast. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're learning. Yeah, so you can't yeah. put too much pressure no, on them. That's so, right. so the senior guys took the bulk of the pressure. Yeah. And, and because I'm a, 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 such a competitive guy, yeah. and I come from Hawthorne where we're competing for premierships yeah. and, and everything, and here we're getting beaten by 10 goals, yeah. and I'm playing down back and the fucking 70 inside 50s. <laughs> Running and around I'm like, like a, oh. Chuck Yeah, so I started, I started to probably. <laughs> Like, I, I was never great at controlling my emotions, yeah. but I, I was lashing out, right, yeah. fucking belting people yeah, yeah. and then getting rubbed out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and probably double-edged sword, right, because then I can't be out on, on the field helping the young that's guys, right, and they got right. me there for yeah. for leadership and all yeah. that, and I'm yep. sitting on the sidelines. Sideline, uh, suspended. With, and... For something I, I could have controlled. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. When, when, when you go into that environment and it's sort of like you're the teacher or you're the, the father figure and then they're not doing everything that you need them to do, you, you take that role and go, just leave it, I'll do it. But yeah. then you can't be doing all that, especially in a, a team environment like AFL for sure. Yeah. And what was the uh, – so when – you you broke uh, in 2011. You broke your pelvis. Yes. How did you how did you break that? Yeah, it was a really funny one. We played Geelong down at Cadinia Park. Yeah. Um, it was the first quarter, and James Kelly had the ball. Yeah. And he was running flat out, and I came off my man and I tackled him front on. Okay. And his uh, right knee. Yep. Hit my the, the oh, left side okay. of my yeah, pelvis. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And he got caught holding the ball. Yep. So I got a free kick and I yep. got back to my feet and I I gave a handball off. Yep. And the ball went up the other end and I started to jog yeah. and I felt uh, some pain there, yeah, right? Yeah. But I thought, oh, it's a corky. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. You've been corked a million times. Yeah. So so I was like, oh, you, you run it out. Yep. You want to keep moving, right. to keep That's the right. blood flowing. And so literally the ball got got switched to the to the other side of Cadinia Park. Yeah. I was playing on Cam Mooney. Yeah, right. He's taken off on like a lateral lead across the ground. Yep. And I'm, I went from a, a, a light jog to a jog. Yep. yep. To a sprint, yeah, and I just heard and felt this massive crack, right? Really? And, and wow. I, my leg collapsed, yeah, and I was on the ground, and I, I went like ah! And I remember Cam Mooney, who was on the lead, he, yeah. he stopped and looked back, yeah, really. And this look on his face is like, mate, what the hell has just happened to <laughs> what, you? Right? What are you doing? And and I just, I immediately knew, like, yep. I, I just put my hand up, yeah. Runner came out and said, mate, I think I need a stretcher. I have no idea what's happened. Yeah, right. But I can't move my left leg. Wow. And sure enough, I got stretched straight into an ambulance, straight to Geelong Hospital. I still had no idea what had gone on, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Because you don't expect no, that. No, no, no. Especially and like they pelvis. scanned my waist. Yep. Complete fracture. Wow. From the iliac crest all the way through. So oh, wow. it's what they um it's what you would expect. If a pedestrian was walking along the street and he got hit by a car, yeah, yeah, oh, you, okay, you break yeah. your pelvis, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I had like 
weak bones or the yeah, initial – I was going to say, sometimes the initial contact, if it's right on that sweet spot – Might have been a little hairline. Yeah. And then the running – Started off and then just uh, cracks it more. Maybe. Oh, wow. But, mate, that was the end of my season. I, oh. I, I, was, I was fucked. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I got a great photo of it. It's uh, yeah, the, a huge, big fracture. Yeah, you couldn't, far out. Yeah, couldn't make love for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's say uh, that's no good at all. <laughs> so with the uh, so obviously the feisty bit. The over your time, I think there was like 20, 20 29 weeks in, yeah. in total of suspensions and years, frustration. Sounds and, worse than it was. I know. <laughs> and I was what, unlucky with most of those. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think when I was when we were in LA and we were together um, at that time, and then was that when you're in preseason for the following year? Yep. In the November, yep. going into uh, 2012. Yeah, just so, being the So you've done the two, two world oh, Arizona. Is that is that the big publicity bar fight? Yeah, uh, yeah, on the back of that. Yep. On the back of that, which you got, uh, what, taken out a leadership group or something um, yeah, we went, Oh, so we went to Thailand on yeah, a footy yeah. trip and okay. there was a bit of a bar fight and, yeah. and whatnot and um, came back and uh, there was a bit of publicity that's around, right, that's you right. know, about, around the fight. It was yeah, just a yeah. fight. Like yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Um, but again, another one of those things that like probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm old enough and wise enough to have maybe been able to – was, get, was get that the, was that the one that was going around where you're sitting on the couch with the with the handcuffs yes. on? Yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember after spending some Terrible time in fun. LA with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrendous. <laughs> I thought, I thought, damn it, is is that really brown here? Yeah. You, look, you look like you've gone with that. Yeah, handcuffs. I, I, like I had twelve rounds with Mike Tyson that night. <laughs> Not in the nude, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh damn, and that yeah, that did get some publicity on that, and I was like, oh that poor bastard. Yeah, uh, well that that one as just my own fault. Like, you, yeah, you know, yeah. I was, uh, I'd gone over on a footy trip to Thailand with the boys, yeah. as you do, you're, you're having a good time at a full moon party, yeah. got into a fight 100%. with with, uh, with uh, someone that I was trying to actually break up, break up but yeah. I ended up getting involved. Get involved and, yeah. and um, yeah, a bit unfortunate, but yeah. you, you know, you, you live and you learn, you wear that and, and you try and grow up. And what was the uh, what was the thing when you went to preseason camp in two thousand thirteen? Was that was that the that sort was of when like- I got into a blue with Stephen May? Yeah, um, uh, in LA, uh, we we'd had the two week training camp. We came back and we had a couple. That of That was in, in Arizona LA. again. Yeah, and yep. we'd come back to LA. Yeah, and we'd gone out for dinner and we'd gone to a bar and yep. um, West Hollywood and we'd sort of got into an altercation. Steve and I, and um, we both got sent back to. To Australia a yep. day early, so we flew back okay, on the plane. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I apologised to him because yep. you know we just like I suppose mates or brothers that had got into a blue. You don't 100%. intend to hurt no, them no, in that no. moment. You're angry, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. You wrestle your brother or you belt him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I ended up fracturing his jaw, oh, okay. which was the the thing that that cost Especially, me my career. I was going to say the the suspension off. And that, yeah. that, that's where it sort of they said that's that's, that's it that's, that's enough. We've had it. We've had some on field stuff. We've had some off field stuff. Yeah. Um, while you're still playing good footy, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I got on really well with the boys yeah, and everything, yeah. but enough was they, enough. They got a, yeah, and they sort of pulled the trigger on that. Yeah. Um, not the ideal way to, to finish, finish your career. No, no. Um, but, and but, especially with the connotations come publicly that you that's know. That's right. Yeah. Especially that comes onto your family as well yeah. and everything else, but which is. I'm never one to sort of, you, you know, it's happened. You can't change it. You yeah. learn, you move on. Yep. And uh, you, you try and, go, and make sure and it doesn't happen again. That. So. Definitely. That, uh, yeah, it was, that was an interesting, interesting yeah, time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What, uh, 
when when that happened, were you at crossroads? Obviously, you weren't. Were you doing media stuff then? Oh yeah, I was doing a lot of media stuff, and my aim was that I wanted to do media post footy. Yeah, okay. but that immediately put a bit of a halt to That's right, yeah. to that. Yeah, um, and so I I was always planning on coming back to Melbourne post footy career. I yep. was never going to live on the Gold Coast yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we immediately sort of one week I was planning my 2014 season with yeah, the Suns. Yep. And then next you have minute. that incident, you get sacked, and you're like, you're like what am I going to do next yeah, year? Yeah. So um, we sold the house, we moved back here, and yep. um, that's when I started doing the training for the English Channel. Yeah, Because okay. I didn't have much On. Uh, You've got to have work. some goals. I didn't have much work, yeah. to be honest with you. The yep. phone dried up a bit, and um, I, was, I wasn't too stressed because I yeah, never yeah. get stressed, but yeah, I was no. starting to think, shit, okay, well, yeah, what, what am I going to do, do yeah, for a living now? Yeah. Um, and and so the the swimming became quite therapeutic. Yeah, definitely. You get in the pool and you're just on your terms. Yep. You swim and nothing else you know, around you. You can, you can think, just think, but you can relax. That's and, right. And that that yeah, that's probably one of the things that that helped me. Yeah, yeah. Transition. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Definitely. And it's it's one thing you just got to have the goal, especially when you're head noise and the body and you just got to, you know, what, what am I going to do? you got to, you got to actually have something to do. Yep. So now post, post career, uh, you're on the, you're doing a lot of the channel seven, uh, or Fox. Yeah. Ch- channel seven. seven with been, the footy. Yeah. Been with seven now for, uh, seven years. Oh, doing, yeah. I do mainly the VFL. Yep. Yep. Uh, which is quite ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I never wanted to beat the VFL as a player, yeah. but, <laughs> but now I commentating. I can commentate. Yeah. Um, and then, and they've given me some more opportunity with AFL games, yeah, you know, beautiful, the last beautiful. few years, which has been great. I, yep. I do a lot of radio on SEN and SEN Track, which yep. I, I cover the races. Races and that, yeah. Um, I, I do some 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 stuff because I love a bet, as you know. Yeah, so there's, very, there's a lot of people out there that are very anti-gambling yeah, yeah. and wagering. 100%. But you can have that opinion. 100%, yeah. Um, there's people that love that. Um, Mate, and some of the – and as it, when it gets down to the industry – I mean, in industry, yes, a lot of people have their opinions about it, but the industry still gives a lot of money back into the hundreds the commu- of millions, hundreds of millions yeah. back into the community yeah. for all sorts of things. So it's it's one of those again, double edged swords where people go, "Oh, that's not good for that." But they immediately think of the negative connotation. Hundred percent. But um, think of the jobs but that, but and the, the schools the that get built. And on my twenty acre property, we mentioned before, yep. we get retired racehorses, we rehome them. Oh, beautiful, and, beautiful. And send them off to good homes yep. and stuff like that because yeah. um, you never. Short where a horse is going to end up when it retires from racing. Hundred percent. You hope it gets there, into there was, the right yeah, hands. There was that. There was that sort of thing come up where a lot of horses were getting killed yeah, and that yeah. years ago. Going to obviously that's when it went forward. And went hey, there's going to be a real same as greyhounds when yep. the greyhounds were chasing live rabbits and all that yep. sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, so I do a lot of that. My wife's big on that. Beautiful. And she loves her horses, and we yep. we retrain them into becoming dressage horses and oh, horses for young kids yeah, and all that. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. That's um. It's good to be able to put a, a passion and, that's right. and be able to physically do 100%. it on my property and and then and, and give it back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good. That's so good. So what? Uh, so when you talk the best sporting memory, obviously that was the the winning the premiership for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, that was the pinnacle of my my sporting career. Yeah. Um, and I just I dreamed uh, about it so many times as a kid, and. I never thought I, you'd live it. Yeah, yeah. And even when you're playing AFL footy, yep. you don't really think you'll ever get that no, opportunity. No, no, I mean, poor old Nathan Jones has, has been playing for 300 games I for know. Melbourne and he was he missed out by like like oh, half a year. Sad, you know, like isn't he, it? Um, so so that was unbelievable. And, and yep. Shane Crawford's a great mate of mine and, yeah, and okay. one of the, the people that 
probably I respect the most in this world. Yeah. To be able to play, and that was his last ever game. Oh, wow. After what he'd given the Hawthorne Footy Club through a shit period. Yeah, yeah. He won definitely. a Brownlow and, yeah. and and he'd announced his retirement and and he deserved to go out on top. Yeah, yeah, the fact definitely. That, that, um, that happened. That siren goes and, and I was oh. almost in tears for me because yeah, we, yeah. we'd done it. Yeah. You look down the field and you see Croft yeah. who'd, oh. who'd been trying to do it for another – Ten oh. years on top of what you've done, yeah, it was a really great moment. Wow, that that would have been uh, something special for sure. What if you weren't doing the AFL? What do you what do you think you, your life would have been? Don't know. I I mean, I love sport, so yeah. I could imagine I would have been involved in sport to some degree. Maybe as a, as a, I wanted to be a, a player manager. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, like yep. something like that, or yep. um, you know, I always had. I, I as a kid, I was always listening to the Twelfth Man, yeah. right? <laughs> Billy Birmingham. Yeah. Um, um, with his commentary and, yeah. and everything like that. And I, I did have aspirations to to be a play-by-play commentator like Bruce McAvaney and Dennis yeah, Committee. Yeah. Yep. I sort of have shelved that because I do special comments now on yeah, footy. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I dare say I, I probably would have gone down that path, yeah, been right. more, more a commentator. Yeah, right. That's, that's, yeah, that's so good. And in your time, obviously even before your time, a sportsman or what they class as heroes, who did you really – look up to or who did you have as a, a sp- favourite sports person or favourite, you know, as a kid yeah, hero? There's, yeah, there's a few. Um, I saw on my wall as a kid I had Dermot Brereton and Tony Lockett. Yeah, so they yeah. were sort of the two guys that, that I loved. And yeah. I, I probably, without knowing at the time, it was probably their aggression, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. I loved about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, from a, uh, a another sporting uh, point of view, um, I remember going to the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Yep. And uh, my old man had one ticket to Kathy Freeman's oh, four hundred. Oh, really? And, wow! And I went to that, but it wasn't. I mean, Kathy won gold, and it was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But the the men's ten thousand meters yeah. was just before that. Oh, really? And a guy called Hale Gabra Selassie, yeah, Emperor of Ethiopia. Uh, he he won it, but yeah. he got boxed in by the Kenyans, yeah. and had no right to win. And it, the last lap, so he's he's run. Nine point six k's, and he peels out and runs this four hundred to go past them when they were trying to trying to box, box him, him in. in. Yeah, bit of team tactics. Yeah, and he beat a guy called per- Paul Turgat. Yeah, I'll never forget it because the, his time was ridiculous and his will to win oh. was just unbelievable. I remember sitting there watching that and like I was still in awe yeah. of what I saw that night. And you go back and you watch the replay. Yeah, right. unbelievable. But um, yeah, wow. those guys and um. And Shane Warne was a guy that I yeah. idolised as and, a kid because yeah. I love my, my sport. I was going to say, obviously, knowing Jeff Fennick, I, I got plenty got of opportunities to know Warnie. Yeah. Well, oh, 100%. And he triple eight sponsored Jeff and Warney yep. at that time. And uh, we spent some time in Vegas a lot together. And um, you were very, with Tony Hashem and yourself, were very close to, to Warney. What, when when that all happened? Yeah, it was just devastating. It was crazy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. And the thing is, like uh, – like I remember watching him as the cricketer, as yeah, an yeah. eight, nine-year-old and going through. And, yep. um, you idolise him as the player. That's right. That's and, then, right. and then I got to, to, to meet him a few person. times and you're in, in awe of him a bit. But then we become really close friends, friends with him. Yep. Because you used and to he, do poker nights with Hasho and yeah, at go, his, I used yeah. to see all the photos and all that, that on the, the socials. That was the best. And, yeah. and not many people, I reckon, in this world, if, if you idolise them as a kid. That's right. And then you meet them. Yep. 
uh, and they become even better blokes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Than the one you ever, ever thought about. Yeah, and that was that was definitely Warner. He yeah. was just an absolute yeah. beauty. Everything you hear about what good a bloke he is, yeah. double it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And every time we spent time in uh, in Vegas or LA with with Warney and Jeff and that, like he was always to me, my brother, he's always respectful and we always I think he still owed me three hundred dollars from one of the, the strippy joints. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll let that one that one slide. These days, yeah. but yeah, he was very. He, he to me, he seemed very down to earth and a very, very nice dude in in regards to that as well. Yeah, and, and you uh, could ring him up and ask him for anything. Yeah, and he would do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and uh, got three great kids, so yeah, we we're still was, keeping in contact yeah, with, good. with them, especially young Jacko. Hundred so. percent. Yeah, no, I see, I see those on socials. The two daughters and the and the son uh, happening for sure. And then that's uh, you know that I suppose it was like a. You know when the, when Lady died, died. Yeah, and I was like, no, she will live forever. Yeah, that that's how I sort of I had that and Steve Irwin because yeah. I knew Steve Irwin back in the sunny coast. It was those moments where I was like, no, yeah, and then because I think it was you know, I got up at five to go for a run or I was on the toilet. I don't even know where I was. You saw but the, the Twitter. Then it come come through and I was like, t- can't believe it. I said, I have to take another look here. And then I scroll through to see other news. I'm like, no. Yeah. And then you're just like, wow. And then obviously then you just sit there and watch the the news and the TV thinking, how did that ever happen? Mm, Hard to believe. But it's, yeah, it's it's, it's still uh, one of those those things you're like, I still, you see footage and then you're like, can't believe he's gone. Yeah. Can't believe he's gone. But what, uh, so... The best, one of the best before we finish. You now, what the one of the best advice that you've been given? Probably oh, from your old man. Yeah, in regards look, to a I'll, lot of things, I'll, but- I'll tell I'll tell this story, and it's a bit of a long winded one, so I apologise because we're coming to the end. But the I'd heard the saying uh, that the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, everyone says that, yeah, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And and for me, it was just a saying yeah. until uh, this happened yep. to me, and I realised exactly what it means. So, yep. um. When I was 16, playing yep. uh, for Oakley Chargers, um, I got picked for the, the Victoria Metro under-16 state squad. Yep. Right? So they pick 50. Yep. You play a game and they cut it to 40. You yep. train, play, they cut it to 30. Yeah, right. And then you, they pick 25 to play in the, the national carnival, yep. right? The coach's name was a guy called David Dixon. Okay. Um, he played at Carlton. He was a, he was a hard-ass yeah, yeah. coach, but he was staunch. Yeah. He knew what he wanted. And so we get to the last night of training and we're at Victoria Park and there's 27 of us training. Yeah. And I knew, I mentioned I wasn't a star. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was right on the cusp. Yep. I thought I'm, I'm a chance to make it, but I'm also a chance to get cut tonight. So yep. there's two to get cut. Yep. He calls one bloke over. You see him deliver the bad news. Yep. I'm doing lame work, sort of trying to avoid eye contact. <laughs> he, he calls me over. Oh, no. Gives me the news. So I'm, I'm 26th man. So yeah, basically- okay. First emergency, but I haven't made the squad. Yeah. And he said, look, Campbell, you know, we tried really hard, blah, 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 blah. But um, we, we just thought that you were a bit too small. Yeah. And you're a bit too slow. Yeah, right. So I was driving home with my old man that yep. night and we're having a chat and I'm yep. obviously bitterly disappointed because yeah, right, I haven't made the squad. Definitely. And he says, well, son, you can't do anything about being too small yep. because that's just your genetics. That's right. But if he said you're too slow, you can do something about that. Yeah. He goes, what if I sort out a speed coach? Yeah. Would you be interested in doing some speed work? Yeah. And I said, absolutely, yeah. right? So for every Tuesday for the next 18 months, yep. I went down to Glenfree Road after school, yep. four o'clock on a Tuesday, and Bowden Babichek was the speed um, coach and yep. fitness coach at Hawthorne. Yep. And I'd 
get changed out of my school uniform and I'd be running up and down Glenfrey Oval, hopping, bounding, yeah. you know, doing all the speed stuff. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward 18 months later, David Dixon is now the coach of the Victorian Metro under-18s okay. team. So he's, he's, he's gone up to yeah, the 18s. Yeah. Steps as up. Play a few good games for Oakley Chargers. I get picked for the squad of 50. Yeah. They cut it to 40. I'm still in the squad. They cut it to 30. Yeah. I'm still in the squad. They cut it. Um, they're taking 25, so it's deja vu. Yeah. There's 28 of us at Princess Park on the last night. <laughs> oh. And I know I'm on the cusp yeah, again, yeah, yeah. right? And he calls over a bloke, tells him, yeah. and I can't make the team, right? Calls over another bloke, gives him the bad news. Yeah, right. Five minutes there, later, he calls me over. Oh, no. I'm walking towards him. Yeah. Shattered. Nearly in tears. Oh, but it's, it's happened again, right? Yeah, yeah. Two years in a row. Same yeah. coach, same fucking venue, or, or different venue, but same. Yeah. You know, and he came, he said, Campbell, you're in the team. Congratulations. Oh, he wow. goes, but not because we think you're any better than him, him or him. Yeah. But I'll tell you why I've picked you in the team. Yeah. He says, I was at Glenfrey Oval about um, six months ago. Yeah. I'm sitting at the social club having a beer with a mate. Yeah. Waiting to watch Hawthorne train. Yeah. I see this young kid rock up in his school uniform, change, start running up and down the oval. I turned to my mate and I said, who's that? And he said, oh, that's that's Campbell Brown, Mel's son. He comes down here every Tuesday to do speed work because apparently a coach told him he was too small and too slow. Yeah. Didn't know he was telling it to the actual guy oh, that yeah. gave me the feedback. Yeah, right? right. Now, yeah, I got quicker. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? As you but would. But I didn't train. turn into Usain Bolt. No, I, no. I wasn't lightning quick no, anymore. No. But the thing was, he picked me in that squad yep. because he'd seen, he'd given me feedback. Yep. And then he'd, he'd physically seen that I'd gone away and, and, and I'd worked, worked on, on it. it yeah, right? 100%. And I made the squad. I played bloody well in the, ch the championships, yep. and on the back of that, I got drafted to Hawthorne. If yep. I didn't get picked for Vic Metro, yep. I don't play in the championships. Yep. I don't get picked in the draft, 100%. Yeah, right. And that right there yep. is an example of, you know, the it's not you work, the luckier you get, get. Yeah, because because it's it's right there for you to see. Yep. Yeah? And yes, you improve in areas, yeah, yeah. but- it's the perception as well that people see that you're working your ass off and you're off. trying. And that, that's probably, if you were to give advice to any young woman or that'd man, that would be the exactly the same advice that you would give. Yep. Don't sulk. Yep. Don't think it's bad luck. Just go and work What about harder. me? It's unfair, right? Yep. Just go out and fucking work your ass off yep. to the point where you improve enough, yep. uh, but at least then people will go, my God, yeah. have a look at this bloke. 100%, right? yeah. They say, well, that's that's... That bloke who you told to go and train, he's actually training. And it shows and him how much it means you're to you. You're dedicated And to sometimes do it. you get picked yep. in teams and whatever because they yep. know yep. that it means more to you than it does that yeah, kid yeah. and you'll do whatever it takes 100%. to make it. And I think that's, that's, yeah, that is, that's, that's probably a, a great- like, That's a great story too. Yeah. Like just a real, yeah, story that, that impacts the meaning of work hard to get, you know, pretty, gets, pretty much. Gets, so gets lucky. The other, the other advice my old man used to say to me, and I don't think it worked too well, is don't get angry, get even. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried. Yeah. Hence, 29 Hence weeks. 29. Is <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Nah, that's good. But the, the, <laughs> last, the last probably question I have for you, and, and what is what is Campbell Brown's rich life these days? What's what's where's your happiest moments these days? Yeah, I think about this a lot, and and I I honestly feel very fortunate that uh, I've got a beautiful wife. Yep. Two healthy boys. Yep. Uh, I live out, you know, on 
on the, the land. Yep. And I, I was always a city slicker. Yeah, okay. But I've become a bit of a, a country folk. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And my three biggest passions in life yep. are, are footy, yep. racing, and I love a punt. Yeah. R- responsibly, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Because I know the damage you can cause, but yep. I, I love I love that, that right? That punt. And I was thinking the other day how bloody lucky I am that, that I'm working in in the three jobs I have, hundred percent footy, racing, racing. and and yep. gambling, yep, uh, and that's my job. Yep. I get paid to, to go that. and do stuff that I absolutely love yep. to go to the races, yeah, to yeah. go to the footy, right, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Um, I feel very fortunate because uh, a bit of luck and yep, and all that sort of stuff, definitely. but I, I'm I'm. Very content yeah. with with life at that, the moment. That's Campbell Brown's rich life. It's my rich life, mate. I just want to uh, thank you for coming on the Rich Life Projects, mate. It's been uh, we've known each no, other for a few years, years mate. mate. I, I, but, I, I uh, love your time, everything you did for me for the for your time today, and uh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're, You're a champion, man, brother. You're a champion. Great to see you.